episode of Sports and Songs Podcasts. We're your hosts, Dan and Andy. Today is season four, episode number 31. Tonight's episode is a sports edition. We're talking to you live here June 12th, June 12th, 2023. We got a special guest for an introduction for the beginning portion of the show. Uh, Jeremy or Andy, do you want to introduce Jeremy? I'll, I'll, okay, yeah. Jeremy is a Watertown Red Devils. I don't know. Super fan's kind of an overblown term, but I guess if you want to go with that, the champ, the champ is here. Um, <laughs> he, he's um, known to heckle the other teams, heckle the umpires, uh, kiss the umpires' ass, like we did Sunday at Brownton a little bit, have fun with them. Um, but we wanted to kind of show up other teams' super fans as well. Um, he's got a challenge, history making, something that we at the show here are going to probably sponsor. And then Jeremy left us. He's still there. We are going to sponsor. Yes. There he is. Yep. Well, Jeremy, sponsor you, Jeremy. There we go. go ahead. You take the ball and describe what you're going to be doing. Okay. So um, this is a challenge that I have uh, done before. Um, and we're just going to, we're going to bring it to town ball because, you know, who else has ever done this in town ball? And, you know, I'm thankful for you guys for, want to come and join this crazy journey with me and be the sponsor of this uh truly appreciate it so what we're doing it's called the 999 challenge and if you're wondering what that is it's nine years nine hot dogs in nine innings um pretty self-explanatory um it's now, 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 Jeremy, uh, ex- explain it to the fans because not, not, not of all, all of our fans have self-explanatory uh, knowledge here. So, uh, yeah, so break it down. Just, just go over it all again one more time. It's very interesting concept. Uh, many have yeah. heard of it, but I think many have not. So, so go through it yeah. one more time. Okay, so it's it's nine beers, nine hot dogs, and nine innings. So it's um, you do a beer and a hot dog per inning, um, and you kind of try to just keep it that way. Um, you know, I mean, there's real, it's kind of, I, you know, I don't want to say that word again, self-explanatory, but you know, you eat a hot dog, you drink a beer per inning, and then, you know, you, hopefully you finish the challenge by, you know, the top of the ninth. Cause you never know with Watertown being the home team, they might not get in that bat. So that ninth thing might be the challenge, but yeah, that's all it is. It's just nine hot dogs, nine beers, nine innings. That's all it is really. <laughs> We do have to explain it kind of slow because we do have people in Chaska who listen. So that's Ow, kind of ouch. explain for them. So what um, what it means by sponsoring it, uh, Andy and, and Jeremy, is really we're going to just really just put the bill, you know. Is we're yeah, gonna, we're picking up the concession tab. It's a nine beers, uh, you know, nine beers times the cost of the beer there at Watertown, nine hot dogs, uh, nine times the cost of a hot dog there. And also, I'm sure, what, the admission to get into the ball game. That's really it. So. Add that up, tally that up, and and we'll we'll pull our money here together, Andy, and we'll cover this young man's expense for this challenge, and hopefully other super fans in the Crow River or the North Star League or the DRS, mind you, yep. you know whoever they want to do this, this could become a popular thing, right, and, Jeremy? I mean, absolutely. I mean, you know, they have there's random people that have done it at major league stadiums, you know, but. Why not bring it to town ball, especially in Minnesota? I mean, we're especially in Watertown, we're trying different things. And you know, for something for baseball day, which is gonna be on, and it's gonna be a great matchup against Mayor too. So it's it's gonna be a fun day. You know, we're just hoping for the weather to be good. Um, but like I said, it's also baseball day where 
Um, we're going to have the Junior Legion playing beforehand, and then it's the Red Devils game, and then it's the uh, C playing um, after the Red Devils. So it's just going to be a great day in Watertown, and then, you know, to hopefully add a little excitement with me doing this challenge and then with you guys sponsoring it with uh, everybody in Watertown that knows your guys' podcast. So it should be a fun day. And just if anyone knows Dan and I, you're damn right we're using our CRVL or yeah, CRVL uh, bar cards those days too. We're gonna take advantage of you those. Take advantage of the six, uh, the buckets. That's six of them in the bucket. Seven, eight, and nine with our bar cards. We're set. And we got that spare one in case we go ten innings. Now, now, Jeremy, yeah. I've got a question, and others may ask this too. You know, you, you do the challenge. You're assuming it's going to go nine innings, but if there's a ten run lead, it ends in seven. What happens then? Is the challenge off? You have to do it again another time. Or, or what happens then in that situation? Well, if it gets to that point, I'm going to try to finish it in seven then. <laughs> oh, my. That's why we picked Mayer, because I'm pretty sure it won't be a time run rule against Mayer. Yeah, so. I, yeah, Mayer's, um, Mayer's good yeah. this season. They're up there in the standings, and Watertown obviously is well. They're currently ranked number four in the state. Yeah. This should be a good matchup, and I'm guessing it will not go seven. Uh and how about a scenario where weather comes in, the game is called after six innings or something like that? Is there a backup plan then as well? Or you just plug along and lay it out, let it play out as it happens? Yeah, I think that's just the plan right now. I, You know, I haven't really fully read what the rules are for sure. I just I just know the basic where it's, you know, a, a beer and a hot dog per inning, and then, you you know, hopefully you finish it. Hopefully you finish it before the game's over. So, Now, how strenuous is the practicing for this? Well, as you guys know, I started in Broughton. You know, I did uh, I did a hot dog and a beer um, there because I wanted to do a little try run and see how it went. And uh, I think it went all right. And the, the hot dogs in Broughton were delicious. So if they're like yeah. that in Watertown, I've never had a hot dog in Watertown. So – um, hopefully, if they're like that, I mean, it should go pretty well. Awesome. And uh, right. Kip Luzar has been made aware of this too, so this could be. Now, what is yeah? What is the date? Uh, once again, what is the date of this event so the listeners can jot it down? Uh, so this will be on July fifteenth, and I believe the game is supposed to be at three o'clock. Um, I think the Junior Legion is at noon, and then the Red Devils are in between, and then. Um, the senior legion supposed to be at about six or seven, I think. So, All so right. July fifteenth. Well, best, best of, best of luck there, uh, Mr. Quas, Jeremy, um, the super fan for the Watertown Red Devils. Now, anything else in the hopper? Anything else in the works that you want to uh, mention here on the show? Uh yeah. One more thing with next Friday, we are facing Maple Lake at seven thirty. If anybody knows them, that's hashtag Shoe Beer Nation. Um, it should be a good game. They went to they went to state last year just like we did. Um, should be great. Um, we're gonna do my second annual uh, beer can snake night. Now, if you ever seen, you know, uh, ten thousand takes is the one that really got it started in Minnesota, but it actually originated with like the Washington. I think it's that XFL team. They yes. kind of did the beer can or the beer snakes. Um, with yes, cups, the but obviously with, Yeah, that's what it was. Yep. Um, 
they did it with because obviously at MLB stadiums they got draft beer, but you know, like I said, Minnesota Town Ball, uh, not many people have that, so we do it with beer cans, obviously, and um, we're just gonna try and build a bigger snake than we did last year, and then um, take it around the take it around the bases again, like we did. So that was fun last year. So. Uh, well, one more stuff. thing I do want to mention, guys. Yes, yes, please go ahead. Uh, I just want to mention the day after, too, is um, that 75 years of lights being up at Highland. And we were facing uh, the original team that we faced that night in, Hut in the Hutchinson Huskies. So it's going to be run almost like town ball. There's going to be um, music, a parking lot party, you know, tailgate party. Um, I'm the bar back for the. <laughs> and there's going to be activities for the kids, for everybody, free ice cream. There's going to be all sorts of stuff. So that's another one, too. It's back-to-back -back days. We want to thank the uh, Chamber of Commerce, the Watertown Area Chamber of Commerce, for being a big uh, supporter of that day as well. So, Yeah, that, that's excellent because uh, Watertown was one of the biggest um, – successes of the fox nine town ball tuesday uh town ball fox nine uh town ball tour Very. i should say and when they came into watertown it was a great success so they're going to do it again now it's going to be june 24th on a saturday night or saturday is that is that day? Yep. And yes that's correct you're going to do the big 7 30 game activities uh, for the kids activities for the adults a lot of baseball a lot of activities ice cream uh the, the beer, uh, the beer tent. It's a, it's a great thing they're doing that, and, and it'll be fun. So, and and the best part is free admission too. So I mean, bring everybody down. You know, it's going to be like I yeah. said for the kids, activities for adults. There's going to be ice cream. I'm sure there's going to be giveaways throughout the night. You know, we you know we a petting zoo maybe. It's, it's going to be a fun time. <laughs> so it's free. I didn't know this. That that game on that Saturday is free admission. Yep, free admission. Wow. Thank, uh, courtesy, courtesy of the area uh, Watertown Area Chamber of Commerce. They stepped up again. They've been they've been a great partner partner the past two years with the Red Devils. I think the Red Devils would um, say the same thing. Um, it's been a great partnership with with the chamber, with the local yeah. businesses and everything. It really brought a lot of people in. We went to that event. Andy and I were there last year, and and, and it was packed. And so That's doing this again. Yeah. This year is going to be something similar to that, and it sounds like they want to make it an annual thing, uh, you know. And that the lights they put yeah. up there this is the Watertown Red Devils against the Hutchinson Huskies in the 75 year anniversary of putting up lights and installing lights at Watertown, Watertown's field. And it was the same matchup 75 years ago on the very day, was it? Yeah, was it the yep. very date? Uh, anniversary? Yeah, I think it was the exact day, yeah, yep, so the exact day event it's a non-conference but hutchinson also ranked i think seventh in the state of minnesota for class c so be sure to bring the family and kids out to that event too uh, with a great non-conference matchup there at highland park should be fun all right thanks should jeremy we'll all right to go, jeremy thank you. you look forward to seeing you all out right there. thanks guys thanks yep, for see you now yeah. all right thanks guys fly the w Yes. <laughs> Attaboy. All right. So if you want to get out the trivia question there, sir. 
we'll so go tonight, on our regular show. Tonight's trivia question will before we start the show, and then I'll hand it over to Andy for the for the all ever popular high school softball, baseball segment, major league baseball, everything else we're gonna cover. Yeah. Lots to cover tonight. But I'm wearing the Seattle Mariners cap, and it has something to do with the trivia. So okay. this year's all-star game for major yep. league baseball is held in Seattle. The question is. How many times has Seattle hosted the All-Star game in the past? So they're hosting it this July, Seattle Mariners. And uh, this is not the first time they've hosted. They have hosted it. So the answer is not zero. But how many times has Seattle hosted the Midsummer Classic? We'll have the answer at the end of the episode. All right. I'll think about that one. All right. I do have some stuff to bring up. There we go. There we are. Fastest growing podcast in all of Western Carver County. Oh, exactly. Start with our softball state champs. 4A, Rosemont over Forest Lake, the one and three seeds. Uh, 3A was Mankato East over Chisago Lakes, 11-0. Chisago, yeah, and and this is held at Caswell Park in, in Mankato, North Mankato, so it's very much a home presence, home yeah, field. Yeah, nice East. Hats off to the champs. Dilworth over St. Charles. St. Charles had to come from behind in the last inning in the first round against Watertown, and they made it to the finals there. And A, Edgerton, Southwest Minnesota Christian over Badger. Now, the Edgerton one, the, the, their bracket on their side, they were the five seats, so they beat the four. Upsala upset the number one seed Randolph on that same side. Okay. And they barely won that game. So Edgerton didn't have a, a cakewalk when they saw, oh, the one seed lost. They barely won their second round game. So it was good games all around over there for the girls at the state softball tournament. Now the boys baseball is all set. And uh, there we go. This is all courtesy of PBR Baseball Minnesota their Instagram page at these logos off of. So you see in the quarterfinals, Sartell and Rosemont, this is all 4A. Anoka Edina, Moundsview, Minnetonka, Lakeville South, and Eastridge. Now I was going to plug the alma mater here for a little bit, Minnetonka, the three seed. This is a big deal for them. Last year they won four games. Okay. Now they're in the state tournament this year as a three seed, so – the other that's that's congrats to them. The other thing is Sartell, you know, moving up to the yeah. to the big schools and they find themselves in the final eight in the state tournament. Um, hats yeah. off, very good program. They also have very good town ball program up there in Sartell, which kind of helps the high school kind of dribbles down a little bit. But uh, yeah, it helps. Yeah, the, the feeder program there to the town ball. Three A Little Falls New Prague. Badil St. Margaret Monticello is your top half of the bracket. And Byron Monomedi, Grand Rapids, and St. Thomas Academy, your bottom half. 2A, St. Agnes and Esco, top game there. Uh, Cannon Falls and Holy Family. Perm Foley, Belle Plaine, and Fairmont. Fairmont. 1A, Belgrade and Southridge, Faustin and Legacy Christian Academy. 
That's Hinkley, Finlinson, Lyle, and then Yellow Medicine, and New Ulm Cathedral is in the bottom half there. So there's those schools, and we'll have the results, of course, next week. Now, they all play it. You see different fields. The championships are, I believe, at CHS, if I recall. Hence, all the CHS logos all over the place. Here, now, here's some of their state finals finishing up here for the high school. You got boys lacrosse, girls lacrosse, and clay target. And I'm just going to call it as it is. The clay target finals, the state tournament, I want to see the all-flow team from those boys. Oh. You see one kind of nominee here, but – and I'm, I'm you got the uh, – the farm kids, the hunter kids, they all certainly have the long hair and the flow. I'd like to see the all-flow team from the clay target. Great salad. salad. Great salad. They got some some cuts there. So, so Major League Baseball stuff here. Start the standings. These were as of this morning. Rays and Orioles, 1-2. Who would have thought that? The Yankees are nine and a half out. And we're in the middle of June. And now I don't usually show the expanded standings this way, but Boston's kind of doing it right. They're at 500, 17 and 16 at home, 16 and 17 away, a zero run differential. <laughs> Jeez. They are doing it right there in Boston. Okay. Perfect. Exactly. Every now and then you see the, and you'll see it later on, teams are like 10 games above 500, but have a negative differential in points. You know, it's just Boston's doing it right. Uh, here's the Twins at 500, but they're a plus 40 in run differential. You know, go figure that one. Yeah. So, so there's a, a perfect example of how the, your record and your run differential mean nothing. We're going to get into that in this episode how some of these silly stats that this generation has come up with. The Rangers – Five up on the Astros. Rangers, 149 win differential. 18 games above 100. This, so this is a team to watch. Management change right there, baby. That's all I got to say. Because uh, DeGrom's out. Some of their stars they want, it's all management on that team. It's just a fresh look. They had a bunch of players, I think, the last few years that were that close. They just needed to kick in the butt. But if you look at the bottom there, A's have won five in a row. Wow. They're only 33 games below 500. <laughs> the East. There's Braves, Marlins. Look at the Marlins. Eight games above 500. Eight, I'm sorry, eight games above 500. And a negative 20 in the differential. Hmm. You know, that's four games below and negative 23. So, yeah. And the Central, the Pirates. Four games up to run, you know, some of these numbers just blow, kind of blow you away. Brewers are a game out. Cincinnati, they, they called up that uh, young kid, the shortstop there. De La Cruz? Ellie De La Cruz, and he is just a stud. You watch Cincinnati. If they don't make a run here, they you're going to watch out the trade deadline. Okay, write this down. What's the date today? Today's date, this time. June 12th. The Cincinnati Reds will make the playoffs this year. That is going to be fun to watch. I, I just said it. Write it down. Connie, write that down. They got some talent. And what the other thing that they've got, Andy, which you don't see too many times, is the Cardinals essentially having a down year 
the Cubs having it down here. Okay, but so, like I said, you got to so. take advantage of that. Cardinals are 12 games below 500 and a negative one run differential. Wow. So that's what I'm saying. That run differential stat is kind of blown out of proportion on that. Reds are four games below, negative 34. Reds are 12 games – I'm sorry, Cardinals are 12 games below, negative one. Mm. So Diamondbacks, three and a half ahead of the Dodgers. Dare I say pulling away, but pulling away. Um, they're, they're surprising, that group. Yep, yep. There's the Padres, three games below 500 and, and plus 19 in run differential. So, And the preseason, correct me if I'm wrong, but the magazines for Major League Baseball, the predictions, all had the Padres and Dodgers doing major things. Oh, and, yeah. Blowing up the National League. Them and the Mets were the, 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 the three kind of teams yep. we talked about. And look at them. Yep. Padres can't even hit 500 and the That's talent right. they have on that team. Speaking of. Uh-oh. Hey, I'm a reporter first. Okay, report the facts. Here's their schedule for this week right now. They, had, they were at Pittsburgh Sunday. They have a day off today. Subway series. The Subway series for two. A day off, and they got a home game. So Tuesday, Wednesday against the Yankees. And you know what? With the exception of ESPN, I don't think anybody really cares. The Yankees aren't doing that great. They're nine and a half out. Mets are the Mets right now. I, I, I don't hear a lot of excitement about this series right now. Which is kind of I sad. haven't heard anything until you brought this up. So you're right. Yeah, There's not yeah, a it's... lot of press. Uh, Pete Alonzo popped off the other day. The game against the Braves. He hits a home run. He starts chanting, throw it again. Throw it again. Please throw it again. I was watching that game. He, I mean, the home run he hit, he crushed. Yeah. He's talking smack. Well, next day he caught one in the wrist. He's out three to four weeks of the bruised ball. Now, I'm just going to say this on it right here. I'm old school. You talk up a pitcher like that, if not the next step bad the next day, you're getting hit. Yeah. I, I have no problem with that. The fact that him in the wrist instead of in the butt or in the back – that's part of the game. I'm, I'm sorry. That's the risk you take. Yeah. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna pop off. First of all, if you don't think you're getting thrown at the next at bat or the next game, you're an idiot. You know. So with that said, I, I love Pete Alonso. I love my Mets, but you know what? You, you're gonna talk to talk. You're gonna have to pay it. Yeah. There are consequences. Um, we said at the beginning of the year, or I said, Edwin Diaz comes back this year to pitch. It'd be because the Mets are out of it, and they're just giving him some innings. But right now, he's on pace where he might be able to come back this year. And the way they're going, it's going to be just to get some innings and get some work in and draw some fans at the end of the year because they're going to be 15 games below 500 and hoping to be ahead of the Nationals out of last place. There's Daniel Vogelbach. The man, the legend. That might be the last time you see him in a Mets uniform. Because they've, trade, hired, trade they've signed, well, they've signed the right-handed version of Daniel Vogelbach. The Mets <laughs> have signed Luke Vaught of the Brewers. Vogelbach's just not doing it against like he was the plug last year because you just need that fresh face, kind of like a fresh manager comes into your DH. Um, 
Vaughn has more first base experience than Daniel. If Pete's going to be out with this injury, Vaughn signed a minor league deal. We'll see what happens. And there. They're my team. I'm still going to talk about them. That is a fact. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. The Twins? Yes. I'm not going to be twin bashing here. I'm just reporting the facts. This moron at Twins Daily is calling Kepler the GOAT. Well, Matt Braun. Okay, is this it? Is this the article? This is the story. Here we go. He's raking it right up there with great outfielders like Denard Spann and Kadire and Jock Jones and, you know, God forbid we forget Matt Lawton. Jesus Christ. Because <laughs> he's got these made-up stats, the FWAR, whatever that is. Stop. Stop, young man. Just stop. Well, no. Can we go back a sec yep. Uh, yep. there? Because, because Andy, I do – I do agree. I did see this article come through and this whole season I signed up for something and I'm getting these notifications from twins daily on, on my yeah. phone. And I, I have tried a couple times to unsubscribe. I can't deal with it. The headlines, the articles, yeah. the predictions uh, from the, from these guys. Is, They're not the 27 Yankees boys. No, it's, it's, it's almost embarrassing reading some of these articles and I'm yeah. a Max Kepler fan and I think he does play great defense, but you, you, you're starting to throw around words and acronyms like goat. And yeah. it's just, it's over the top. Uh, so if, if there's listeners out there or fans of, of reading these articles, just, just read them with a grain of salt. They're fair enough for water cooler talk, but yeah. um, you almost think F war yeah. or whatever that is. I mean, I was reading one earlier today about Jack Clark, former first baseman for the Giants and for the Cardinals back in the 80s. But if he's Hall of Fame worthy, 340 home runs, 260 average. Uh, he had more walks than RBIs one year, and he had over 100 on both. So he has he very patient hitter, all this and that, but just no rings. And, yes, they showed this one stat. He had a better stat than Ken Griffey Jr. and this star and that star and that star. Great. How many rings did he have? Now, is that keeping him out of the Hall of Fame? Probably. Yeah. Because you know, he had nice numbers. Don't get me wrong. Some guys go, well, you played 13 years and only had 340 home runs? Well, for the era he played in, that was pretty good. So, you know, he had 20 home runs or 25 home runs a year for most of the time. So, not bad. Yeah, the, just stop with your making up a, a stat just to say you're one of the best. Oh, you know, he, he did the best when he faced pitchers who were born in November. He had, he had better numbers against pitchers born in November than Kirby Puckett did, so he's the better outfielder. <laughs> stop, Matt Braun. You're an idiot. Thor is on the DL. Thor. Now, from all the reports I read earlier in the week, he might have got moved to the DL just to make trading or releasing him a little easier. Okay. Thor might be uh, – he might be our new intern by the All-Star break. Let's just put it that way. He's yeah. going to be looking for a job, I think, pretty soon. Is he going to go back to the Mets or to the Twins? Pro probably not. Now, could he go to a contender to maybe be that sixth starter for a long stretch or a long reliever? 
If he's willing to swallow his pride and try it, sure. Texas Rangers, maybe? The Rangers, Toronto. So when you want to pick up that sixth starter, the Mets, for a while, because of the one pitcher they had from the Japanese League, were going with six starters, so he always pitched on the same rhythm. Okay. Um, a lot of teams, because of the shot – or the shot clock, the pitch clock, are thinking of going to a six-man rotation. So does Syndergaard get picked up to help eat up innings? He'll be your quote-unquote sixth starter, but he's also basically the bullpen by committee starter too. Let him yeah. be the starting rotation pitcher, go through his bit, you know, okay. like starting pitchers do. They're warm-ups, so he's in the same use to that, but you also know you're getting about four innings out of him, three four innings, like a reliever. So does he go somewhere? Does he go to Arizona? Who knows? Just look for him to be in a different uniform by All-Star break. Our stat of the week, Dan. All right. Now, what is it? Looking forward to this. Here we go. Does it involve Tony Gwynn at all? No. Actually, not. The, Tony Gwynn or Greg Maddox are not involved. June 11th, 86, Charlie Huff goes 13 innings oh my God. against the Twins in the 80s. Well, it's because it was the 80s and he threw a knuckleball. He went 13 innings and got no decision. The Rangers scored four in the top of the 16th and won six to two. Wow, that is a stat right there. 13 innings. <laughs> and Charlie Huff was no young kid in 86 either. But that was the knuckleball. Can you imagine if the knuckleball is around now with the pitch clock? Holy crap. Oh, man. Oh, man. Holy buckets. 16 in the game. He went 13. 13 and got no decision. Ted Williams played Major League Baseball from 1939 to 1960. During that time, he had the highest batting average, most home runs, and most RBIs in all of the major leagues. Oh, career triple crown. Are you kidding me with that stat? I have never seen that. What? 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 You know? Yeah, he got the virtual cover. And he had a couple years off. Yeah, he had to go fight in a war. Fighting a war in between and was a career triple crown. Career triple crown over that 21-year period. Oh, my God. That is ridiculous <laughs> right there. <laughs> that is ridiculous. You know, uh, when you say the goat of baseball for hitting, it, if Ted Williams was not on your Mount Rushmore, whatever symbolism acronym you want to use for it, if, hey, Matt Braun or whatever your name was on the Twins Daily, is Ted Williams okay to be on the Twins – Greatest, he played for the Twins. Max Kepler better than this? Sure. Oh, my God. That is very good. Here's the last time each Major League Baseball team won a playoff game. And you looked out the bottom there in 2004. Ouch. So I'm just wondering if the promotion people for the Twins next year, I think I have a thing like for the 20th anniversary of our last playoff win. They might, they they might have to do that in the promotion. Have the 2004 team come out. And, you know, that's a five-year gap from the second worst. Yeah. Not, not saying they haven't made the playoffs since then. They've, I'm yeah. sure they have. They haven't won a game. The drought. The biggest drought. That is un, that's an unreal stat right there. But look yeah. at the Reds. The Reds from Toronto. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, Kansas City 2015, but they won the World Series that year. So, yeah. and you know, okay, 2020, the A's, the A's at least won a playoff game then. You know, so I was really like I said, next year the Twins got the 20, you know, 2014 come out for the 20 year anniversary and shake hands, wave and to the crowd. And the whole team could come out. Yeah, they come out. 
The tires were drinking over that day from that team. Yes. Wow. That's a good stat. Speaking on the trying not to rip on the Twins bandwagon, days since that last pitcher threw nine innings in a game. There is a deceiving number between first and second. Wow. That is 1,100 more than second place. Almost 1,100. Now that's days. So I'm assuming it's kind of full calendar year. So 365 days. Because uh, I looked it up, I think it was 2017. Barrio, uh, Jose was it Barrios? Uh, Barrios probably was, but it was boy, him. That's a long time. It was him, and then a few days later, after that, or I mean before that, um, Bartolo Colon threw one for the Twins. That was the last time we've had nine innings or a complete game for a Twins pitcher. Very rare. Okay, so there you go. And I think that number is going to only climb with the way pitching numbers are going nowadays. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. You don't see that at all, Hartley. Mm-hmm. Here's another stat. Twins are not involved. The Colorado Rockies are the only team this season not to have a pitcher throw a pitch over 99 miles an hour. Hmm. In today's game, like, you figure there'd be some guy on your team that does that. You would think. We have that, a couple of relievers, and that's it. It's not our starter. That's a good, and that's a good stat. Now, it's not necessarily a good or bad thing. Like yeah. the last stat, it's not you know positive or negative, but it's just strange yeah. that all these pitchers that can do the triple digits, yeah, um, Colorado hasn't all season, and, and they played what sixty some games, sixty five. Yep. Lord Stanley's Cup. Okay, that trophy in baseball. Vancouver's got a three. Or Vancouver, whoops. Vegas whoops. has a three one lead over the Florida Panthers. 36 and 1. Teams that are up 3 to 1 in the best of seven series are 36 and 1. And I think I saw another stat. Um, now, Vegas has only been around for a few years. Okay. They're like 7 and 0 or 8 and 0 at home against Philadelphia, against Florida, and this game's in Vegas. So. Oh, that is that is another tremendous stat. Zach Whitecloud of Bemidji State will probably be lifting the cup tomorrow night. So watch for that. And here's the schedule. Tuesday, as far as Florida goes, Friday and Monday are the other games. So there you go. Yes. Yes. What have we got? Toronto Blue Jays, DFA'd, or DFA'ing Anthony Bass, just days after he announced that he would be pitching or catching the ceremonial first pitch to kick off Pride Week. Yes, I read this. Um. He, yeah, I'll leave the record up here for you to see, and I'll just kind of paraphrase for it. I'll leave it on there, and those of you listening can just look this up on your Google machine. He basically, I don't want to say popped off. He shared a video of someone on social media. Hey, Bud Life's bad, Target's bad, don't go to these, they support LGBTQ. You know, he was voicing his opinion, like everybody else who supports it can do. Well, the team didn't like that. He apologized. He took it down. He apologized again. He took it down. But he said, because of my Christian beliefs, I just don't believe that I'm going to support these companies if they're going to support them. So they just qualified it for that. And that's my soapboxes. Everyone else can come out there with their messages on their shoes and their love for this on their hashtags, but he can't be anti it. And I'm not picking sides out. I'm just saying... It's good for the goose. It's good for the gander. 
and and the only thing I have to say here is to remind folks he didn't come up with the the video. He didn't come up with it and create the video. He just reshared. He, it. he reposted yeah. a video that someone else made. Oh. Yeah. But that that puts you into that bucket of um, yeah. being anti, uh, which I, I guess it, it's anti, but it's uh, it's yeah. not. You know, it's just. It, it's just a it's a video post uh, that's all it is and you can like it or you cannot but he scheduled to catch the opening pitch he's in the limelight and that's what happens uh, and now he gets cut he was still willing to go out there and catch the ball during pride weekend so if that's not an apology right there i don't know what it, you know what more he can do um he, and here's the sad part does any team really want to pick him up well, so does that mean you're supporting him then if you do? Yes, it, it creates that, all this domino effect. Yep. John Rocker is all I got to say. See, the, see yeah. this generation is John Rocker, basically. Now, Rocker was much worse than over the line, but still saying. Rocker eventually got picked up by someone later the next year, but is this guy basically done for the year? Is he going to re-sign with a – and I'm not ripping on a team, but like the A's or the Royals who are out of it anyway just to be a player to help him out? Yeah, it's a tough but, uh, position. You enter into a tough position by all and a lot of people that. that you and I know, and even just just you know personally share these types of things. But I yeah. think if you're a major league professional ball player, you'd have to, uh, if you look at the other side of it, you have to think twice before sharing this on your personal stuff, whether you believe yeah. it or not. Um, you know, you're a ball you're player, and late, yeah. so it's 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 distracting. You're you're a celebrity of any point. Movies, actors, yep. podcast host. You just can't do oh, that. Exactly. Soapbox number two. Two of them. A deuce? It's not, even, it's not even your birthday, and I got a second one for you. Okay. I had a third one, but I might bring that up later. Christmas come early. WNBA players were at the Brittany Griner airport incident. Um, there was an issue. And, again, I, I see both sides on it, but still something kind of bothers me. Um. Happened is they were leaving Dallas Fort Worth Airport. Someone confronted them, saying things to Brittany. They didn't like it. Rewind a little bit. The WNBA Players Association, they were going, Hey, we want commercial, we don't want to be just on these regular flights. We want our own private flights. Mm, geez, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know. Uh, the Phoenix team kind of had a little. Perks with that because of Brittany, because of what had happened, how she just got back. They were helping them get, you know, um, charter flights for back-to-back -back trips and stuff. So this one, they were going to the airport. They got harassed. I'm not saying they should or shouldn't have been harassed. I'm not saying she had it coming for what she did. I'm not saying that. I'm actually standing up for the girls who are going, all the money the NBA teams make, which owns the WNBA, you can't at least for them private flights to get in and out. Comfortable flights for these athletes. These aren't your regular five foot eleven, hundred and forty pound females we have flying around here. Okay, these are athletes that are taller, bigger, tired, are going from plane to plane, game to game. Give them some comfort. Yeah, fair enough. Respect. They're, they're they're bringing you money, and you're going to have them sit on a plane next to some crying kid, two seats behind them. Um. So the soapbox is really defending them here. I think I, I def defending Brittany and the Phoenix Mercury here and the other players. 
and the whole WNBA that they should have their own private flights. Um, again, I'm not getting into if Brittany had to come in or not for what she said. Yeah, it's a different topic. Again, she's walking through the airport minding her own business. She was not there. If, if she was in an event saying, hey, I'm pro-CBD and you should have them all over the country or over the world, then yes, criticize her and yell at her all you want. She was going from work to home, basically. Let it go. So, hmm. That's interesting. Speaking of said WNBA, okay, this isn't on here, but here's kind of my other one I'm going to bring up. A lot of, I think it was at least three or four teams the other day, they retired uniform numbers for these gals. The Lynx had a player. Uh, Seattle had one. And I've noticed this with all sports. It's just since it happened in WNBA yesterday, it's fresh on my mind. The way these athletes dress to show up for games, it's embarrassing. Um, college athletes are a little better. But some of these women showing up the other day, I'm not saying you got to come in a ball gown like you're going to the Tony Awards. But don't dress like you're going to Walmart either. Okay? I just wear something decent. You know, church casual, if you will. It is an event. They're honoring you. The gal from the Timberwolves had this, like, big baggy bibs on and a hat. Really? That's just – all athletes, since it, theirs was yesterday, I'm using that as an example. But WBA, here we go with the standings. Okay. Eastern Conference, Connecticut, 8-2, still running away with it. New York, 6-2. Washington, Chicago, Atlanta, and Indiana kind of top off your Eastern Conference there. New York's kind of got a super team, too. They're staying with some all-stars, so those two should be tight. And Connecticut is one, like we just said before, I said, well, the NBA teams own you guys. What Connecticut team, Connecticut team is in the NBA? They're the exception to the rule. It's just the women's team there is so popular and so good for college. They got a women's pro team. Oh, is that it? I did not that's know why. that. That's, that's a good trivia question. That's why UConn's are. Paige Beckers is back at practice, by the way, this week. Okay. And for the West, Vegas 8-1, and one, Dallas 5-4. and four. Lynx, they won yesterday against Los Angeles. I watched the game on TV. Lynx, they were... It was their sixth straight game. They're two and four or two and three out of the last five or something like that of games decided by five or less points. So if you do the whole point differential thing again for lengths, they're sure. right up there, but they're two and seven. Okay. Good young team, good strong coach. So very competitive in all the games, although the record doesn't reflect yeah. it. All the games yeah. are close. We have those four championships out of, what, eight or nine years? All those players retire like within a two-year period. So rebuilding is the word. And speaking of the WNBA, Ion is a channel you find on your antenna or your cable system. Friday nights, you can catch a WNBA doubleheader every Friday night on Ion. Okay. So keep an eye out for that. Catch some basketball there. Usually a, a regular game like 7 o'clock starts on a West Coast game. Usually Phoenix or L.A. have been one of the two teams because there are two West Coast teams, so watch that there. And that, sir, is what I have. Uh, that's good. That's good stuff. So I've got some. 
other uh, sports here to fill in, and then we'll get to the trivia question. But the sports, I'm going to piggyback Andy off off the Twins, and, and this isn't hate. Yep. Just think of the stat: yep. Twins lead all major, major league teams in strikeouts. Uh, all teams, if you add up the batting strikeouts, not pitching. Now I think they're also second or third in pitching strikeouts. But if we're right. li- if we're listening, focusing on hitting, Twins are striking out a lot. That's every team goes through a phase. But the Twins lead the majors in strikeouts to date in this season by by a bunch. It's not even close. Now That's I did without the lineup. I did the statistics and looked at our AAA farm club of the kids coming up. The Twins minor league system in AAA, the St. Paul Saints leads all. Triple A teams with batting strikeouts. Well, we've had so many guys going up and down, and it's kind of odd. Not so. Would you have surprising. your, uh, you know, Triple A lead the International League and the Pacific Coast League for that matter? Mm-hmm. All thirty teams, the Saints have the most strikeouts as hitters. The Major League affiliate, the Twins, lead the majors. All thirty teams in strikeouts. I thought that int- that you know stat was interesting. Now. On the offset of that, the Twins are leading the, the American League Central, and the St. Paul Saints have the third best record in all of AAA baseball. Third best. So they're winning. They're doing yep. good. They just are on this strikeout kick. Then they strike out so frequently. It's it's all in bringing this up for its own reason. But I I thought it odd that you know the AAA and the Major League both would lead the country essentially in strikeouts. Now. Saints are third. Guess who they play this week in a six-game series? The Louisville Bats, who are in second place. Last week, I, on this very show, looked forward to the Saints playing the I-Cubs because they were in second place. Well, the Saints won four out of three. They're pushing the I-Cubs to third place. Louisville now jumps up to second, and the Saints find themselves traveling to Louisville for a six-game series against the number two team. So number one against number two for those – for watching that series, that should be a very good series, also. Yep. NBA yep. game. Now, five who's tonight. USFL. I'll uh, oh, go ahead. Who's Louisville the minor league team for? Cincinnati Reds. Who just lost their shortstop? So, so Cincinnati they might be on the downfall. Good in the majors, already making a stand, and it's really good in uh, in AAA as well, much like the, the Twins and the Saints. Yep. Now, NBA Game Five of the Finals is tonight. NHL Game Five is tomorrow. USFL Final Weekend coming up. There's ten teams in the league. No, no, sorry, eight teams in the league. They play a ten game series season. They're done. Playoffs will come. A lot of teams in that group all. Are sitting at three and six, four and five, five and four records. They're all bunched up. There's only one team that's qualified for the playoffs, and we only have one season to go, one week to go. So, a lot of good games coming up there. The NCAA baseball, Andy, Division three wrapped up. Yeah. Champions awarded yeah. the trophies were handed out. Division two champions were uh, uh, trophies were handed out. They're done for Division two. All that's left now for baseball and college is D one. After tonight, they'll be down to the Elite Eight, which means College World Series. They'll head off the final eight teams starting for Friday in Omaha for the College World Series. That should be fun to watch. Now for the trivia question, Andy. One more thing I got for you that I didn't bring up. I was going to bring up earlier. The XFL reported they lost $60 million this year. Yeah, it's, It's going to be tough for those guys to make any money. 
they're not bringing much in and they're spending a lot and all the stuff that they're doing is expensive. They've got big marketing people, executive people, CFOs, CEOs, TV deals and, and contracts. And it's, it's, it's going to be a couple of years to do anything with these leagues, I think, but I don't think I they mean, plan to lose 60 million. I'm curious after this playoffs, what the USFL's numbers are after two years, profit, profit. Well, I think once it, once it's done, once the playoffs are done, the regular season's done and the season ends, they can financially, I think, compare notes because I think what they ultimately always wanted to do was have both kind of fail on purpose and merge them together right. to save to save costs and stuff. And that's probably what they're going to do, but we'll see. We'll see. Now, well, the first year football did have only one city like that. That was a good thing. Good. It's interesting, but we'll see here what they do now. Trivia question, Andy, do you have an answer for the trivia question? The, the question is, right. Seattle's hosting the America, the All-Star game this year. I'm wearing the cap. Uh, it's not till next month, but there's a reason I'm bringing that up. But how many times has the city of Seattle hosted the Miss Midsummer Classic in Major League Baseball? They've done it before. How many times do you think? Okay, and I think a guess is around long enough, so at least once in the kingdom. And when Seattle got their new stadium, Major League Baseball really tried to get an all-star game there right away when it was built. But I'm going to think there was one other one that might have slipped in there, so I'm going to say three other times. Close. The answer is two. And so this will be their okay. third. And that and that is the case. They did host once in the Kingdome, and they hosted once when they got the new ball field. The year they hosted it, by the way, was 2001, the year Seattle won 116 games got to the ALCS and got beat by the Yankees and never made it to the World Series. And they had a record 116 um, wins. But as far as the All-Star game is concerned, it's coming up. It's not till next month. But the MLB voting, the first round of voting, goes through the 22nd of June is when they have everyone vote. Vote early, vote often, go online and vote for all your favorite. And what they're going to do is get the starters, basically starters named, or the uh, starters and the first round. Then they'll start again with the second round to kind of fill out the teams and they'll do that as, as well. And then they'll get down to what the rosters will be like. And that game is not till, not till July, but the thing I wanted to mention. I, I what's that? Louis rise is leading for second base. Oh, he is. I couldn't find a spot that shows this, the current standings. I, 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 I saw that today. And the good thing is now, is, okay. Like I said earlier, Freddie Freeman's walking with first base national okay. slam dunk. He's a stud. With Alonzo being injured and not coming back to the All-Star break, first of all, he's not going to want to be in the home run derby just coming off that wrist injury. So back-to-back champ. You're going to have a new home run champ this year. But now that opens it up for another first baseman, which means if someone does pass a rise for second base, he could always still play first. So it kind of has that. But he's leading for second baseman. Um, it's we'll it'll be interesting. You never know. And this is all fun, but we've talked about in the past too, how the ulcer game itself has kind of lost its luster. Yeah. But what I wanted to mention yeah. tonight on the show is the thing that I like about the ulcer weekend is that that futures game is Saturday. The draft is going to be tied in with this. They're going to broadcast on TV. The first round, I think of that draft as part of this whole weekend festivities in Seattle. And they're having the top first round guys, head up there and they're going to be announcing them and doing interviews with the first round draft picks that weekend, the futures game. They've got the home run hitting contest. A lot of things going on 
I'm not a big guy to watch the game itself, but the futures game is good. The home run hitting contest is good, and I'll be certainly watching that draft. So that's all I've got for Seattle uh, as far as wearing the cap and stuff. I think that will be fun. Uh, anything else in the All-Star game, Andy? Do you watch uh, I, like, I like the futures game. Um, I did share a post this week. I can't remember if it was on my page or the show page. They did have a skills competition when you're Benito Santiago throwing out that little cutout at second base where the ball would have yes. to go to the Bring that stuff back. Have tires at second base and home for the outfielders to hit. A carpet for bunting like they do in the European and Japanese leagues. Have more skills stuff, not just home that, run highlight stuff. Um, that would that would be good. And and these events to go to, I checked on the ticket prices for and whether it's Seattle, who's ever hosting, but it's thirty five bucks to go to watch that. I think the futures game thirty five to go to the home run hitting contest. And these things typically almost sell out. Home run contest. That's not, that's not bad. Thirty five bucks if you think about it. But it's that whole another stream of revenue coming in with 40,000 fans coming in to watch a home run contest. The money that they're making on this. So they're calling certain events, you know, the red carpet events for some of these things. But I like the fact that they got the draft built in. And uh, the futures game, if, if folks don't know what that is, that's your future prospect guys in the farm system, the affiliates, the rising. It's the minor league all It's the minor league game. Regardless of class, triple A, double A, or single A, it's the best of the best. Kind of yeah. like the fall league is what they do. And these are some talented yeah. guys. So those all are part of that whole package that takes place on All-Star Weekend. So yeah, should be fun. Should be fun. Uh, fun stuff. Uh, little so, plug for the third. Yes. The, Go ahead. Thursday show, a little plug for our episode. Uh, our second annual non grata interview. Did it last January? Do it again this January. So, or no, June. It's late. Wow. So yeah, this so this this Thursday, non grata will be on for the songs episode. Check that out. We'll be having them on uh, as far as our songs episode. Second time we've interviewed those guys. They've got a new EP coming out. Be sure to watch the show. Have a good week, everyone.